before us go behind us break through Good morning. Come back, please. I know the fellowship is good. Again, we welcome you to the gathering this morning. If you're watching by web stream, we especially welcome you. We're so uh, honored that we can even do that and you can participate in our services. A couple of quick announcements is... Uh, if, you're, if you consider yourself a newcomer, a newcomer, and don't know too much about this church, there'll be a brief meet and greet after the service in the Welcome Center. And the Welcome Center is that little building that you drive by to get here. So that's immediately after the service. You can meet some of the staff uh, and just ask questions about the fellowship here. Also, next week, starting Thursday night at 7, is the Open Heavens Conference. Uh, if you're on our email list, you know all about that. Uh, there's also some things posted out in the lobby, but that starts uh, Thursday night at 7. And there's also going to be a healing workshop that Saturday at 3, 3 o'clock. So that's, that conference has no registration, uh, just come. And a men's breakfast coming up next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And we'd appreciate a sign up to get an idea of how many may be coming. And I think that's it, anything else? So good. Last Sunday, uh, toward the end of the service, I got a download from the Lord. I was sitting back with my wife and I began to get very quickly seven things. And the first thing, well actually it was eight things, the first thing was the title. And the Lord said, how do we walk in these days? And I wrote that down. And then the next thing I got was with purpose. And so I'm going to go through these seven things, and I'm going to try and keep it short, because David's ready to... 
<laughs> to go on. But I really believe this was a personal uh, a download that the Lord gave me, per, per, first of all, personally to me, because he wanted me to, to really meditate and think on these things. And so as I quickly wrote down each item, the next item came, and then the next item, and the next item. So I got seven things, and I'll, this is like you've heard of a 30,000 feet overview. This is going to be like more from 100,000 feet. It's really going to be an overview. So the first thing is we need to walk with purpose these days. And the scripture I have is Romans 8.28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who called according to her, his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed to his son. That's our purpose first, to become conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another scripture that Paul wrote is in Ephesians 4, 14 and 15. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and about by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceit scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we grow up. We are to grow up. We are not to be infants. We are not to be babes. We are more than babes and children. We're to grow up. So that's related to our purpose. Conform to his image and to grow up in the fullness of Christ. The next thing, the next word he spoke is we're to walk with faith. Walk with faith. And I pondered that a little bit this week. And, and I came to the conclusion that the first work of faith that I had was the belief of salvation. It took faith. It took faith to even come to a point of salvation. Romans 10, 9 and I know we're familiar with it, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. That's a first act of faith that brings us into the kingdom of God. The third thing, he said, is we're to walk with love these days. And there's much that can be said about love and Valentine's Day and, and all that. But I think we know that love is loving in the good times and in the difficult times. Love is sacrificial. Love keeps no record of wrongs, as the word says. And really, we're saturated with the thoughts of love today. But the thing I want to leave with you is God's love. God's love, totally different than our love. It's eternal. It's forever, it's unceasing, it's powerful, it's life-changing. It's everything. The fourth thing the Lord dropped in my spirit was we're to walk with compassion. Compassion 
was not a word that I walked in in my early days before the Lord. Um, I was rather judgmental. I was rather harsh. I didn't understand compassion. Compassion to me was weakness. I understand it differently now. There are things on YouTube that make me cry. <laughs> there are things on Facebook that make me laugh and cry. But compassion, our Lord had it and were to have it. An Old Testament scripture is Psalm 51.1. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. That's something we can stand on. We can take it to the bank that he blots out our transgressions. The fifth thing is we're to walk with mercy. Micah 6, 8. I had the, uh, the honor of preaching uh, or, or officiating at the funeral of one of Donna's uncle. And he was a humble man. He was a quiet man. Um, have you got it up? Micah 6, 8. He has showed the old man what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee? To do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. That scripture was a reflection of her uncle, David. He was not an outgoing person. Um, his church was a television program on Sunday mornings, but that was him. He was humble, he loved mercy, he loved justice, he was compassion, but that's the fifth thing. The sixth thing is that we're to walk with steadfastness. Isaiah 26.3, the steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace. God wants us to be steadfast. He doesn't want us to be double-minded. He doesn't want us to be wishy-washy. He doesn't want us to be up and down. He wants us to be steady as he is, like a rock, solid in our faith, not wavering. And Proverbs 11.19 says, He who is steadfast in righteousness will obtain to life, and he who pursues evil will bring about his own death. There we go. And the seventh thing he spoke to my heart is we're to walk today with wisdom. There's an obscure Old Testament verse in First Chronicles 12.32, and it says, Of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. I believe the Lord wants to give us wisdom now, today, to know how to walk, to know how to understand the times that we're in, to walk in faithfulness to him, 
to walk in love, to walk in obedience. So high level, seven things. Let me give them again real quick. We're to walk with purpose. We're to walk with faith. We're to walk in love. We're to walk in compassion. We're to walk with mercy. We're to walk with steadfastness. And finally, we're to walk with wisdom. Wisdom. And my hope and my prayer, I've been meditating on all seven of these all week, and it's been, it's been a good week. But my hope and my prayer for each and every one of you that you'll take away one or two or maybe three or more of these things this upcoming week, and you'll meditate on them, and you'll dig a little deeper into the Word. And I guarantee you, you'll strike gold. You'll strike gold. There's a, I think it's a proverb. It says, like apples of silver in settings of gold is a word spoken in the right circumstances. Well, this word, this word is like apples of gold in settings of silver. And so that's my prayer. I'm going to end with, I think it's Philippians. Colossians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is in any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Amen? Amen. Okay, we'll move into a, a time where we receive your tithes and offerings. Uh, a special thanks to the church for uh, the building fund offer, offering last week. As, as you remember, we had two separate offerings, and that's going to enable us to move ahead in some areas. And so we're, we're especially grateful, grateful for that. So if you're going to uh, write out a check, please write it out to the gathering. Um, those that might be watching online, there's a way for you to uh, contribute to the work of the ministry. And we thank you for that. And so, Lord, as the ushers come forward, we thank you for this time. We thank you for being able to share just a portion of our inheritance with the body of Christ. So, amen. Thank you.
He's worthy. He deserves our worship. Go ahead, let's do that again.
remember years ago there was a word that Jesus would literally walk in the midst of the congregations, churches, and Lori said she know, and I can see all over her. She, and we don't have to have it confirmed. I'm telling you, the Lord walked in here, and He's here. He's the lampstand. It's burning in the midst of His people, and He's going to be a lampstand in this hour. Maybe the lamp stands something else. I don't know, but I know he's going to burn in our midst. Seven churches. He's the fire. He's the, he's the one. Lord, we thank you for walking in. Lord, we thank you that it's not just for this moment, but this is the way we're going to live. Thank you for this hour in history. Lord, you chose us from the foundation of the world, just like you chose your son. You chose us to be alive on the earth in this time. And we thank you, God. You're in our midst. You walk in, in the midst of your people. be nice if you opened all of our eyes but even if you don't we believe we know you're here we know you're in the midst of your people and we are thankful and we want you to know we love you 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 just telling them I love you make it personal I love you I love you Jesus I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. I love you, Father. Father. He's a Father like no other. He's an everlasting Father. If you've been deserted by your Father, maybe He left the world. You have a Father that has never left you and He never will. This is a day of the fatherhood of God. I'm telling you. Thank you, Lord. What an amazing God. Lord, I thank you. Fires are erupting in our nation, in the midst of churches. I believe that, Lord. I thank you. Lord, let it spread. Let it spread. Here we are. Send us. Thank you, mighty God, mighty God, hallelujah. You can go ahead and be seated. I want to share some things, but I'm telling you, this is an incredible time. I remember hearing the story of the Asbury College revival. And now there's a difference in revival and great awakenings. Rick shared that with us. I think great awakenings are happening. They happen underground in many places, and it's like a rumbling. And then they, it, you know, they just sometimes sneak up on you. Revivals are those spontaneous when 
you know, times when you just can't help but coming together. But anyway, at Asbury College, you guys know what happened in the 70s there? Just to remind you, there's of one story that, but it was on a Tuesday morning and they had chapel service and the president of Asbury College left to go to Canada and uh, he uh, wanted to call back. That was before they had cell phones. So he got in a phone booth in Alberta, Canada and he said, how many of you remember phone booths? You young guys, we used to have them. Superman changed his clothes. No, anyway, anyway. But anyway, he said he wanted to check on things back in, at Asbury, and so he gets in this phone booth. He says, how are things going? And the, whoever was talking to him said, well, we have a problem. What's the problem? He said, it's with chapel. He said, what in the world could go wrong with chapel? He said, it's still going. It hasn't ended. In fact, it was going, it started, I think, chapel went at 10 o'clock in the morning. It was at 7 o'clock. 10 o'clock that night, it was still going. 10 o'clock the next morning, it was still going. 10 o'clock the next night, it was going. 10 o'clock the next night, 10 o'clock, the news media from Lexington and many places came. But I, I won't tell you all the story, but one in particular, the, the people, the students, were then being summoned to go to many places all across America. They were hearing about this revival, and they said, send us a student. And so there was one girl, they said, if, you know, she was scared to death, shy, and, you know, if you called her name, she'd, you know, whatever. But she gets up in this church, walks in, and she very soft-spoken said, last Tuesday at chapel, God walked in at Asbury, and we've never been the same. And then she sat down, and that was it. So they were just going on, you know, with the meeting and this, they were getting ready. That was back in the days they had quartets and all. Anyway, this, they were getting up, getting ready to sing. And the bass player or whatever stopped and said, wait, I can't sing. I need God to do in me what he said he's done in her. And I'm not leaving until he does it. And they had more people at the end of that meeting than were there at the beginning. Revival broke out in that church. Now, I don't know how all this is going to look, but I'm telling you, get ready for God. Get ready for God. And the best way we get ready, how do you get ready? In your heart. You say, oh God, search me and try me. See if there be any wicked way within me. And then when he shows you, repent. God, thank you for the blood. How many of you are thankful for the blood of Jesus? You, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so you don't want to be an impure vessel. In fact, what God's doing, I don't know that you can hang around where revival's breaking out, where awakenings are happening. You have to go somewhere a lot more comfortable, maybe like the funeral parlor or the hospital. You know, I don't somewhere more, a little bit quieter. But it's going to be, uh, and it always won't be erupting, you know what I mean? There'll be times of eruption and dancing other times, just laying on your face. It's what we've been waiting for. Amen. I'm, I'm really glad I'm still here in the earth. Oh, by the way, Dylan is coming back. And uh, he'll be back in March. He, those of you who don't know, he has been our youth. He's going to work with Tyler now. They're going to work together. It's going to be double whammy. And, uh, but Dylan needs a little help with his plane ticket if anybody feels impressed or anointed to help him. 
then we, we're taking care of it, but we just give people opportunity to, to pitch in and be a part. And um, it's going to be a great time. Uh, this week, this conference that we're having, and I don't know if you're supposed to call them conferences anymore. I, just, I do believe it's ordained. Etienne Bloom is from South Africa. Bonnie Jones. This is a great time to be around Bonnie. It's the anniversary of Bob's death two years ago today. And so it's Thursday night at 7, Friday night, Saturday night at 7. And we'll just split those guys up. I believe they'll have a word. Now this morning, I want to share something that's really simple in a moment. In a moment. And it'll take a few moments to get to that simplicity. But I hope it's all simple. But if you embrace it, it'll change your life. It's something we've got to walk in in this hour. There's no excuse. And I'm going to pray for people that God will impart something major. You know, Psalm 138 says, You have magnified your word above all your name. How many of you know that? You've magnified your word above all your name. I'm believing still. I know how those great awakenings, the word was preached. I believe it's going to be, this is the best of the best of the best. And he's going to restore that preaching with such conviction. But it'll be known for worship times. There'll be gatherings of worshipers. It'll go on for hours and hours and hours and hours. You have to take a break. Go home and rest up. I don't know. This is, I'm just getting ready. It's what I've been living for. In fact, I'm just going to trust God. Now, I really appreciate Paul's word. He didn't have to cut it off. We're not there. I'm not there. I, I want to hear from God. And that was a word for the season, the time and how walk. I told him, get us the notes for that so we can send it out to people. But I, you know, there's a great anticipation right now going on in heaven. If, if heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents, what do you think heaven's going to do in the midst of a great harvest, a great move where many are coming to the Lord? But there's also great fear coming on the earth. How do I know that? Because the Bible says so. How do I know Jesus loves me? Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so, right? That's what I know, I believe. I'm not going anywhere without it. I'll talk about that. But I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 21, and I'm going to share a few things. And then I want to do that real simple thing, be quick, and then pray for some people and, uh, but there's going to be an impartation. If you don't have a physical copy of God's Word, the Bible, get one now. Get it while you can. Get one now. Did you hear me? Because I know everybody has, you know, online and all. And, but I just encourage you. You might want to do that. But anyway, Luke chapter 21 and so you can mark it, see it for yourself. It's better. You, that way you know that you're not being lied to, so you can see it. You don't just accept everybody, everybody's word. you got to know. you got to know those that labor among you. But look at this in verse 34. Take heed to yourselves, this is Jesus, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. The cares. You can fill in the blank. What does that mean? Well, that's where we live. And that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, 
and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all those things that are to come to pass. Over in the uh, Amplified, it says, Take heed to yourself, be on your guard, lest your hearts be overburdened and depressed with the giddiness and the headache and the nausea of self-indulgence. That's a good way to put all that. Drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to this life, and lest that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon the whole world, all that live upon the face of the earth. That word uh, unexpectedly means suddenly, unaware, caught by surprise. Have your guard down. We're not to have our guard down in this hour. We're not in the dark. Say, I'm not in the dark. Now, the world is going into the dark, but not you. Say, not me. Say, I'm not going there. Of course, that'll be your choice. I uh, thought a lot of stuff this week, a lot of things going on yesterday. I'm so glad God gave me that dream. Don't jump into the teaching of the peace and safety. Because there's no peace. When they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. I'm not going there. Yesterday, there was an earthquake near Christ Church, New Zealand. On Valentine's Day over there, right? It's today. Anyway, it was, oh, I believe that's prophetic. Now, I know there was an earthquake, what, back in 2011 in Christchurch. And also, we had an earthquake in America yesterday. Most, I don't know, I hope believers understand the significance. This was like a nuclear explosion in the death of Antonin Scalia. And uh, he was one of the champions of the Constitution. And what's really wild is, I'll just tell you, I heard... A couple days ago, someone say, in America, the Supreme Court lacks one justice, one, one more justice, and they will be able to overthrow the Constitution. And I remember hearing that, it just registered. And then when I heard of the death of the number one conservative Supreme Court justice, I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't jump up and shout, wow, hallelujah. I had a real sinking feeling in my heart. I'm just telling you. I know we're supposed to be men of faith and power. There was a sinking because I knew this was an explosion. This was an earthquake in America. And I know it's, it's just a death. No, it's not a death of a man. This is major. The time is short. And um, it is not like it's always been. And then, for more good news, you guys with me? All right, hang on, because I'm going to get, I always get to the good news. I don't leave it out. But the wages of sin is death comes first. Then the gift of God comes as you accept that gift. You don't have to, but many are going to. But anyway, it's, this is not being reported in the American media. I know why, because they have an agenda. It doesn't fit with the narrative so when things happen, they'll be able to sway the American people. Propaganda. Should I insert that story? Yes. When I was in the Ukraine, that time when before the walls came down, it was the USSR, remember? I shared that story. I've told you about the, all that happened, the outpouring, the revival. It was amazing. But we were in our hotel room before we went out into the parks, and I turned on the television. Now, this is still the USSR. 
Soviet Socialist Socialist Republic. Okay, it's still there. And I'm in, and I turn on the TV to see what do they show on a Soviet television. And I could tell it was a children's program, and it was an anti-American children's propaganda program. And I could tell. I knew it. And I told the Lord. I said, Lord, this is propaganda, as if, you know, I'm telling him anything. But I knew it. I'm not in the room by myself. I'm just speaking out loud. Because they told us there were bugs in the room. So I was preaching to the, the lights and the, if there are any bugs in this room, Jesus loves you. I'm telling you, I was doing that kind of stuff, so I wouldn't care. And I just, they said they were watching us, following us, and it was a great time. Oh, I can't even believe I got to be a part of that. It still blows me away. But anyway, I said, God, this was propaganda. And I heard the Lord say, there is more propaganda on a daily basis in the United States than ever was in the union of the Soviet Socialist Republic. I didn't understand that that much then. I understand it now. The Lord knows what he's talking about. So anyway, yesterday or this week, there's, you won't hear about this, but there's 350,000 soldiers is what I'm hearing from the, these are um, Middle Eastern news media sites and other places around the world. I, I saw a trickle coming out from New York, 350,000, the largest Buildup, military buildup in the history of that region in Saudi Arabia. It's called Operation North Thunder. And they're gathering the troops from 21 different nations to go into Syria. Now, Syria, just, I don't know all about this. I just know a little bit, just enough to be dangerous. But I know that the city of Halapo is where all the Christians, remember, were beheaded, children crucified, the most unheard of women raped by ISIS. Russia is bombing ISIS. They're destroying the, the supply lines coming into Turkey. The world is upset that Russia's doing this. And I'm not going to go into all the political stuff. It makes you sick when you see the whole picture. It makes you sick. But um, anyway, for right now, go Russia. Blow the tar out of them. Don't let us stop you. Now, some of you, that's going to take you. You can't drive a 10-ton truth over a one-ton bridge. I don't have time to get into the story. So I'm not going to do that. But this is, here's what else. 20,000 tanks, 2,400 planes, 460 helicopters. And Saudi Arabia has said, this, what we are doing is irreversible. Russia has said, you do that. This is a declaration of war. And they're ready. And they've, Putin has even talked about nuclear, nuclear war. It could be the largest military mass in history. And the American media is silent. Americans don't know. They go to church today and they'll clap their hands. And they don't know where we're t the times that we're living. And I don't know why God always puts this on me. But I'm going to tell people what he tells me. Because when I stand before him, I'm going to stand before him. And you know, it's just the way it is. There's a lot of places. But I'm looking for a great awakening. And I don't know, it may come in the midst of all of this stuff going on. Now, it could be a false alarm, remember? Um, 
Well, let me just show you the scripture. Look, Luke 21, let's back up, verse 8 and verse 9. i got to share this. And that thing that I'm going to share that's simple, I'll do it really fast. And pray for people, you got to have this. you got to have this. You have to have it. Say, i got to have it. Jesus, the words of Jesus. I heard somebody say, Jesus came up to this guy and said, Why don't you preach like Jesus? Okay, I will. So he opened up the words of Jesus. And he said, You whitewashed walls, you, you, you know what I mean? Jesus, he's not this wimpy little, this is Jesus. He overturned the money changers. Anyway, and he said, verse 8, Luke 21, Take heed that you do not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he. They'll say, he is he. And the time is drawn near, and therefore do not go after him. But look, verse 9, but when you hear of wars and commotions. Now, the word commotion is insurrection, disturbance, disorder, or confusion. Now, what does it say over in Matthew 24 instead of commotion? Rumors. Wars and rumors. This could be another rumor because they're almost, they, a, a war almost erupted over Syria, but we backed down, remember? Something happened. Russia threatened us. So I know this time... Saudi Arabia, they have 21 nations, 350,000 troops. They said this is irreversible. It could be a rumor. I don't know. I'd just be ready. But let's go on. And then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom. But he said, do not be terrified. You've got to read that. Do not be terrified. These things must, they must, must come to pass first. But the end of the age, or the end will not come immediately. There are other things that are going to happen. Now you can read the rest, and I can tell you the rest of things, but we won't go into detail. Verse 16, betrayal. You will be betrayed by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they'll put some of you to death. That's the words of Jesus. And then verse 17, that's real encouraging, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But I like verse 18 and 19, but not a hair of your head shall be lost. I like that because that means God is in control. Nothing will touch you that I would not allow or will allow. But then he says, verse 19, by your patience, possess your soul. And then in uh, verse 20, but when you see the armies of surrounding Jerusalem, take evasive action. So we're going to skip some of this. And this happened literally, right, in the destruction of Jerusalem. But it's not just about then, it's about now because he says in verse 25, and there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then they'll see the Son of Man, power and glory. And when all these things begin to happen, look up. And then over in verse 31 again, he talks about, see... So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. So we know that everything is going to be shaken which can be shaken, but we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. That's what we're building for. That's what we're looking for. That's what you better be standing on, that kingdom. And surely I say to you, heaven and earth will pass away in verse 33, but my words will not, they will no means pass away. And then he says, don't be unexpected. Don't let that day catch you off guard. Don't put your guard down. Don't go to sleep with the rest of the world because they're going to be caught off guard in verse 26. And they will become fearful. 
but I've not called you to walk in that, but to dwell on the earth. Now, let me just put it like this. At the same time, peace is going to be taken from the earth. Peace is going to well up in the saints of the Most High God. How do I know that? Because of the increase of His kingdom and peace, there shall be no end. The kingdom of God is peace, righteousness, and joy, right? In the Holy Spirit. So peace is going to be taken from the earth, but not from the saints of God. The increase, the overflow will spill out. Where'd you get that peace? Well, I didn't get it from a river. This is not peace like a river. This is peace undescribable. And then righteousness. This is not hard to figure out. The devil's going to get deviler, meaner, darker, wicked. The wicked will follow their father, the devil. That's why when I see them doing things and saying the most outrageous lies, well, you're just you of your father, the devil. It's pretty simple. But at the same time, that is increasing righteousness will spring up in the earth. I know we're right with God, the righteousness that is imparted, but there's a right. The, the Revelation talks about the righteous acts of the saints, the righteous deeds of the church of God. We're, we're there. It's time to get into them. And then righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the world's going to be really sorrowful. And if you don't want to hear that, Jesus, the Scripture says... He's going to wipe away sorrow and pain and all that stuff. What does that tell you? It's going to be there on the earth. Oh, man, there's so much stuff right now. You're, are, are you guys seeing stuff out of the Word that you've never seen? It's like doors, revelation. It is the revelation, the revelation of Jesus. But righteousness is going to spring up. Now, either we will be fearful of the things coming on the earth, or you will be, I want to say fearless, but what I felt yesterday at that moment, I, it wasn't fear, but it was, oh, the breath was left out of I, I lost my breath for a moment. So there's going to be those temporary times of, whoa. But you will rise up. You won't live there. Because Jesus said, fear not. Do not fear. So in the midst of those times, you'll hear the Lord say, I know that's going on. Do not fear. Fear not. He told his disciples that because they were tempted to fear. So you'll be fearless after you overcome fear, but you'll be faithful and fruitful. You need to hear that. Say faithful. Faithful and fruitful. How do you know you're going to be fruitful? Because if you trust in Him, your leaves are... You, you, it's like you're li living by... What Psalm 1 talks about? The, you're along by the water, and who leaves shall not wither in a time of drought. Hey, this is fruitful season. This is harvest time. All right. Well, if you're going to be fruitful and not fearful, then you know what you better be? You better be on a foundation. You better know in whom you have believed. You better be persuaded that He is able to keep you and all that's been committed. You better know who you are in Christ Jesus and live it. Your faith will be tested. I don't know if, it ha if stuff breaks out in the Middle East. Folks, they've been planning stuff here. 
The doors have been opened. They're in America. The devil's servants are ready, but they're not going to get out of the control of our God. Our God reigns and rules. Some will lose their lives. So what? We get to see him face to face. You got to know, this is just for a little bit of time. It's eternity. We have an eternal inheritance. This is the big one. This is... That's why when, and I was going to go into another totally different area about a commercial I saw in the Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, about the rise of this cashless society. They're preparing America right now for all that stuff. Anyway, I, I don't have time to go. You can't open up all those things on one Sunday. I'm just telling you, this is an exciting time to be alive. You better be on a strong foundation. Here are some things. Over my life, there are certain truths that I've come to understand, you cannot talk me out of it. Number one, God loves me. You better be there. I cannot be talked out. God loves me. It's not built on my performance, not built on my worth, my work. It's built on the love of Jesus, the love of God, the blood of the Lamb. He loves me. And we got to be rooted and grounded in love. We got to be those who know the height and the depth and the width and the length of the love of Christ. We're covered. We're overcome by the love. That means His love is limitless. Say limitless. For God so loved the world, being rooted and grounded. Romans 5 says, but we also glory in tribulations. How are you going to glory in tribulation? Knowing tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, character hope. Hope that does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That's how you glory in tribulation. You know you're loved by the Heavenly Father. Does that make sense? I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor things of present nor things to come, all of this stuff, nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God. You've got to have that in your spirit, not up here. Nothing shall separate me from God's love. And then Jude 21, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy. Now, i got to quickly fit this in, but I'm not going to go into great detail. The Panthers prophecy what happened. There's all kinds of opinions. It's really funny right now. People are saying, where are they going to win it next year? Maybe. Maybe not even be a Super Bowl. But even if there is, who said the Panthers are going to win it? I'm not waiting. I'm not, well, let me, how do I put this, Lord? Help me, please. I'm not going to live by whether a prophecy comes to pass or not. I'm going to live by what God said in His Word. There's a higher level than prophecy. Now, did the prophecy fail? No, not necessarily. It could have, I don't know. But if you look up all the Greek words of the prophetic, the prophetess is the woman, the prophecy, they're like five or six Greek words. One of the words means Prediction. You know which one that just happens to be? It's the one in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that says, Where there are prophecies, they shall fail. Remember that? So that word translated is a prediction. There's the fourth telling that's going to happen. We, we're going to believe that. But, and believe the prophets and you'll prosper. I'm not debating that. But when it comes to a prediction type of the Greek use, even if it fails. What's that scripture about? Knowledge. You think you got it figured out. Knowledge will cease. You won't have it figured out. A prophecy may fail, but one thing won't fail. What's that? 
love. Do you see it? Love's not going to fail. The love of God that he has for you. So I don't know which Greek word fits. I don't know if they'll win next year. I don't, I'm not basing. I'm having revival right now. Revival's broken out among us. We just are a little bit slow of catching on. Stuff's happening. Stuff's happening. The testimony Shirley shared last week about what's happening in the schools, how she would walk down the aisle and pray on Thursdays. And I bet the teachers thought you were funny at times, praying, praying for the students. Stuff's breaking out. It's breaking out. you got to have a mindset. This is not... I, God's waiting on you. Break out. Get up. Get going. Believe God. Pray for the sick. Do the works of Jesus. What are you waiting on? Now, there's one more thing. Toward the end of that game, I saw where there was a, a display of carnal Christianity. I won't go there because I love that family. But, well, I don't know them that well. I, they grew up in my home state, the Mannings. But anyway, I saw a display of carnal Christianity at the end. And I first thought, well, God, how are you going to send revival when there's so much carnal Christianity in America? He said, that's why I'm going to send revival. That's it. That's what I'm hearing. Every move of God is because there was a need for God to move. You didn't, they didn't have it all together. Okay. I'm still hearing all this right now, so this is like an ongoing progress. He, he loves me. Number two, he's with me. You're not going to talk it out of me. Even those times when I was in college and I remember going in places I had no business going. Anybody else do that? You knew. You knew you were not supposed to be there and you knew who was with there with you. You couldn't hide. You ever been there? God, I don't belong here, do I? Can I stay a while and play? You know what I mean? Just... Oh, anyway, that's a totally different. He's with me. And then he leads me. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he delights in our way. Even though we fall, we shall not be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth me with his hands. And then he will never send me anywhere except where he is about to go. Did you hear that? Luke, he, prom he made that as a personal promise. This scripture came alive when we lived at Heritage years ago, between the time when PTL fell and... And Morningstar moved in, and the grass was growing between the sidewalks. It looked like a jungle. And I would walk around that jungle of the old PTL. And anyway, and the Lord said, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And I read that, and the Lord promised me. He said, I'll never send you except where I am going. And that's... Gives you a lot of confidence. But then right after that, it says, The harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. So that tells me where he sends me, there's to be a harvest. That's why we're getting ready around here. Because God so loved the world. Then I can do nothing without him. Have you learned that yet? Most people learn that. I can do no thing without him of any eternal significance. Nothing. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I believe his word is his word. This is what I want to get to. That night when I surrendered to the call of God not too far away in Ridgecrest and that mountainside where I, 19 years old, and took those candles and put them in the ground. I don't know how the wind didn't blow it out. Evidently there was no wind that night. And I took my Bible and I put it down on the ground and I knelt down 
And I surrendered to preach the gospel. I know what God was saying to me, the word that you've opened up. I don't know what scripture I read, but he said, you preach my book. You preach the word. You believe. And I remember saying something like, God, I believe this Bible. This is your word. Lord, I don't care what men say or don't say, but I believe what you say. It's your word, and I'm not going to be talked out of it. You know, he's not called us to preach our prophecies, our dreams, our visions. Now, they all fit. It's part of the illustration. Preach the word. That's the, that's the call. Preach the word, Paul said to Timothy. And you bring in your prophecy. This is how it fits. If it doesn't fit with the word, throw it out. It's going to be all kinds of false stuff going on in this hour, too. That's why you better know the word. That's what, that's what I want to get to. And um, then I'm going to pray because he's magnified his word. And then his word, when it goes forth from his mouth, it will never return to me void. I believe that. I believe that all my life. Maybe I hadn't seen things. There are times I've preached to four people. Shirley, Joshua, and Emily, and my dog. It didn't matter. You know, no. there were times. And, but I believe his word would not return void. And it's not. How many of you know that? The promise is God, when His Word, you hear His Word. This is not going to return empty. If God sent it, it's going to perform what He sent it to perform. Now, Luke 24. Look at that real quick. Are you guys still with me? You're not ready to go yet, are you? Hang on. This is real important. It'll go fast. But i got to get this out. Luke chapter 24. Let me just tell you the context. This is right after the resurrection, and most of the disciples can't believe it. They don't know how in the world. This is, how is this happening? Well, and then he sends the women, remember, and he's not here. He's risen. And then they remembered his words, and they returned and told all these things to the rest of them. But in verse 11 of Luke 24, it says, And their words seemed to them like idle tales. They did not believe them. And Peter arose and ran to the tomb. He wanted to see for himself. And then all of a sudden, there's these two men walking on the road to Emmaus. Everybody remember? And they're conversing among themselves. They're saying, man, this, this is, I can't believe it messed up. We were hoping Jesus was the one who would come and set up his kingdom. Now our plans, everything is over, hopeless. We might as well go find a cave. I mean, they're really all discouraged and depressed. And then all of a sudden, someone walks up. Jesus. And Jesus walks in their midst. They can't see him. Their eyes are restrained. They don't even know it's him. And he said, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and you are sad? And then verse 18, then one of them whose name was Cleopas. Now, I, my dad named me after David in the Bible. When I saw that name, I said, thank you, God. My dad did not name me Cleopas. This was, <laughs> It have been Cleopas and Shirley. I just, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, no, I've, I'm sorry, Cleopas. Because he's in that great cloud of witnesses. And he said to them, well, what things? Verse 20, and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death. We were hoping, verse 21, we know what they're hoping. And then, verse 25, he said to them, oh, foolish one, slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? 
And then verse 30, he blessed, he took the bread, blessed it, broke it. Verse 31, their eyes were open and they knew him. They saw him and they said to one another, did not our heart burn? Say burn. Burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures. So they rose and went and preached the resurrection. That's the message. That's the last day message, the resurrection. Okay, how are we going to do this? Our hearts have to burn. Our hearts have to burn. Our hearts have to burn. Now, freely you've received, freely give. I've shared with you a bunch of times, remember, in those early days, my mid-20s, 24, 25, 26, I would drive 8, 10, 12 hours. It didn't matter. I'd go to those Milton Green in the Word seminars where Milton would mostly just read the Bible. He'd stand up and read, just read it. But it was like, and I couldn't wait to get there because it was like fire coming out of the pages of the Bible and it would just explode in my heart. It just, it was, this was the Ten Commandments movie, personal. And I would just be, I just hungered and the word would explode. My heart was on fire because I loved his word and it was speaking to me. I was seeing so much. It was training, I know, but, but it's also to give away. Freely you receive, freely give it away. And I can't tell you it burns that same way now, but it does at times. And I want it to burn for everybody. Now, as his disciples, now here's the simple part. We got to get back to some of the basic discipleship. You ask any coach, those who end up winning the big games are the ones who did the fundamentals correctly over and over and over again. My son may not want to remember but I used to tell him when he was little league, Josh, stand tall, stay back, point to second base, follow over, follow through, look confident. I w and then when he got to junior high, hey, Josh, when you go on the mound tonight, stand tall, stay confident, bend your back, stay back, follow through. You know, I mean, I, and then when he got to high school, same thing, didn't I, Josh? Then he goes to college, and I'm, hey, Josh, come over here. It's just a word from your dad. Stand tall. Stay back. You know, have that mound presence, son. You, they're not going to hit you. And then point to second base and follow through. I'm telling. And then he went over to New Mexico and got in that league, and I couldn't get out there and tell him. I couldn't get there. And he lasted for a while. But, but it was the fundamentals. The fundamentals. Those who do the fundamentals. Discipleship. So I'm going to talk about reading the Word. Here's the few things I want to point out. We're to, we're to love His Word, meditate on His Word, memorize His Word, study His Word, speak His Word, read His Word. Say, read His Word. How are you to read the Word? I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray in a moment that God, that when you open the Bible in the morning, this afternoon, tonight, it will leap out of the pages into your heart. If it doesn't happen first time, do it again. Second time, do it again. Just develop it. Go for it. You gotta, we gotta get His Word in our heart. One of the first scriptures I ever memorized, way back there, and I know they taught us John 3.16. You had to memorize that. But it was Psalm 119. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You're gonna need the lamp and the light in this hour. And, uh, but anyway, how are we to read the Word? Number one, consistently. Say consistently. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide, if you abide in my word. 
I read somewhere where most people that say they believe the Word never read the Word. That cannot be the generation on the earth in this hour. Read it consistently. The Word means live in it, continue in it, hold fast to it, dwell within the revelation that you've received. Remember, the Bible is our weekly bread, right? Daily, daily bread. You go too long without bread, what happens? You get weak. You better get back to reading the Bible. You better, I'm telling you, what are you waiting on? Read. And then secondly, read it habitually. Habits, they're not all bad. Some habits are pretty good if they're righteous and focused. Discipleship means discipline. How many know that? This is the part you didn't want to hear, right? Discipline. Fundamentals. What do you mean? I thought I was just going to whoop up in His glory and God would do it all. No, you've got to know what He said. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's the knowledge of God's Word. You live in some fairy tale world in this hour, some off with a glittering. I'm telling you, you're going to be deceived, and there'll be a day you'll look back and you'll say, Why didn't you tell me the truth? Let me tell you, this is a personal thing, a personal walk with a personal God, and He gave you His Word. You say, God's not speaking to me. Open the book. Many people never hear His voice because they don't read the Word. The American form of Christianity has gotten so... I'm telling you, there's a simplicity about it. You read the Bible. That's what it says. Do it. You don't have to feel anything. Well, I don't feel impressed to obey that. I didn't feel God telling me to do that. You're going to feel stuff in this hour. It'd be better to walk by faith. And then read it systematically. Not nonchalantly, flippantly, spontaneously. There is a line by line and a precept by precept. God speaks. You know, it's really wild, and this is amazing. How many of you know this? Often, exactly what you need, the questions you're asking, is exactly what you read that day. And here's what will really blow your mind. When you skip a few days, you forget things happen, you know, it all happens. Then you go back and pick up where you left off. And it's like that was exactly the word you needed for then. Then you say, God, you're a big God. I missed a week, but you didn't miss a lick. You were ready to speak to me exactly what I needed. Oh, boy. And then read it passionately with hunger. Hunger. We will only grow in the Spirit to the degree that we're standing on His Word. We will only grow in the Spirit to the degree that we're standing on His Word. Let me say it again. Where are the amens? You don't grow in the Spirit without the Word, without the truth. You grow in some Spirit, but not the Holy Spirit. You may think it's the Holy Spirit. Yes, why Jesus, the Bible, Jesus didn't say it, but he's in agreement. Paul said it. He said, there'll come a time they're going to look around for teachers. It'll tickle their ears, tell them exactly what they want to hear. It'll satisfy their flesh, make them feel really puffed up, wonderful. But it will not be me. And they'll be led astray. That's why the Lord's going to cut this thing short, a short work on the earth. Because all kinds of things are going to get in the way, but... God rules. And then read it expectantly, not out of obligation, 
but expectation. All right, let's jump back. Now, how do we open this? Okay, men's hearts are going to fail them from fear of the expectation of the things that are coming on the earth. So you got one group, they're expecting, whoa, their hearts are failing them. The others, he said, do not let this day take you unexpectedly, right? So our expectation is not in the things coming on the earth. Our expectation is the one who is coming in over all the things on the earth. He is the one that's coming. It's Jesus. Our expectation is in the Lamb of glory, the Lamb of God, His Word. My expectation is in what God said and in His promise. You see what I'm saying? It's a totally different expectation. Whether those 350,000 troops ever march or not, I don't know the timing of these things. But I know one thing. My God is God. He is God. And you're not going to talk me out of it. They put me on a chopping block. They might. I'll not deny. Christians have not denied Him all over the world. What are you going to do, America? Will you deny Him too? Or will you stand? And if you're standing on His Word, a promise of God's Word, you'll make it, I'm telling you. You'll make it. And then read it purposely. That's what Paul said. We've got to have purpose. Here's some questions. You should write this down or memorize it real quick in your mind. Here's some things you could ask when you're reading the Word. Number one, is there something fresh I am to obey in this Scripture? Is there something I'm to obey? All right, another thing, is there somewhere I disobeyed and I need to repent? You ask that question. And then what is God saying to me today, right now, about my situation, direction, wisdom in my life? Also, is there a new strategy of the devil? You could read something, all of a sudden, this, it opens up like, whoa, that was the devil. That's a, that is a pit I'm going to avoid. What if you don't read it? You might step in that pit. But if David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So David had his word. Now, he did still sin, didn't he? It's a major. But I'm telling you, there's something to it. And then is there, you know, what is God saying about his ways and about his will? Now, real quickly, look over in Proverbs chapter 2, and here's where we quit. Here is an evidence of a great outpouring of the Spirit. Anytime God has ever moved, he poured out His Spirit. This is something that happens. You guys with me? You ready? Oh, I'll repeat them. Shirley, you live with me. I, I could tell you. Anyway, is there something I'm to obey? Is there something new I'm to obey? You know what I mean? And then is there something I disobeyed and need to repent? What is God saying to me right now? Direction, wisdom. Is there some new strategy of the devil, some device? We're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. And then what new thing is he saying about you, Lord, in the Word, your will and your ways? Now, there are other questions, but that note, I'm just, anyway, there are a lot more questions, right? So that just gets you started. Okay, here's one of the evidences of an outpouring of the Spirit. Then we're going to pray about the burn. Your heart's got to burn. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 1. Not 2. Proverbs chapter 1. Well, Proverbs chapter 2 says, verse 1, My son, if you, if you receive my words my tre and treasure my commands, 
You'll have wisdom. If you apply your heart to understanding, you'll find it. Seek her with silver. But back in chapter 1, he says, I don't know where to actually, the whole thing is good. You should read Proverbs 1. But wisdom, verse 20, calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourse at the opening of the gates in the city. There are gates being opened right now. There are gates that are wide open. Some that have a link to hell, but others have a link to heaven. You better know which one it is and make sure you're standing under the right gate. And you will know that by the word. And then he says, verse 22, how long, you simple ones, that means naive, will you love naivety or simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. The knowledge of what? Of God and His Word. Verse 23, turn at my rebuke. Now, I'm going to skip the rest of that, but look in verse 24. Because I've called and you refused. I've stretched out my hand and no one regarded. You disdained all of my counsel. You would have none of my rebuke. God said, I will laugh at you at your calamity, and I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm, and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. But look in verse 23. This is good. But whoever listens to me, say listens to me. That's God. Wisdom. His word will dwell safely and will be what? Secure without fear of evil. Now, like, here's the verse I skipped. Verse 23. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I will make my words what? Known to you. Oh. Oh, I hope I can make this connection. When God makes His Word known to us, it is a result of an outpouring of the Spirit. He gives revelation, wisdom. That is, that's what God's doing right now. He's making His words known to us at the same time. Of all this is going on, He does it preceding judgment. And those who refuse His Word... What have they welcomed? The rest of Proverbs chapter 1. Because you would have none of my counsel, and you would not turn at my rebuke. You can read that. It's the word of the Lord. I'm not going to preach what men tell me. I'm going to preach what God says. Proverbs chapter 1 tells us, those who listen to me will dwell securely without fear of evil. They will be secure. God will keep them in the land. But those who don't is the rest of the story. I'm just telling you, that's the way it is. But you know what would help if our hearts burn within us? Because I hate reading the Bible when it's dry. You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You read it, especially when you're reading about the circumcision part, the stuff you know. That, what is this? Are you reading about, you know, all the offerings? And you're supposed to wash yourself and then wash yourself. And after you wash yourself, the priests wash themselves. And you read all that, you know what I mean, and all the stuff. God, make it burn. Turn the washings into fire. Wouldn't it be something if you read the Word tonight, all of a sudden, whoa. And even if it doesn't, whoa, your spirit's in whoa. It's not a fleshly thing. So we got to have that. That's what I want to pray. All right? So I want to pray for folks. 
I just, when I lay hands on you, I'm praying there's be an impartation of the fire, the burn. Your heart's going to burn. Listen, we got to go for it in this hour. We can't be waiting back playing church. This is not about playing church. Church playing is over. This is it. God is separating the wheat from the tares. The tares are being gathered to be burned in the fire. This is it, I'm telling you. Come here a little closer. Young man, I can put my hand on your chest. Burn with the word, okay? You're going to burn. i got to pray for people. I can, the women, I won't touch your chest, okay? <laughs> don't, don't let me get mixed up here because it's not by accident. Burn. When I lay hands on you, you're going to burn. It's an impartation, okay? Hey, did I pray for you? I did. Burn. You're going to burn. A new burning. A new burning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you're going to burn. Hey, listen, I'm going to go down the aisle, but then you have the rest of you are going to have to come up because I don't know if I can get in the middle. Burning with the Word. When you read the Word, it's going to come alive, on fire, okay? And Because uh, you need it. How many needs it? Man, I want to read the Word again, and it burn, burn. In the name of Jesus. Oh, man. I tell you what. Fire. I'm reparting it, fire of God in the name. I don't know, I'm skipping now. Now I'm all messed up because I don't know where I started. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Yes, fire of God. Burn, burn. This is no... Did I pray for you guys? No, now, in Jesus' name, burn. Double burn. You want to double burn, ask God when I walk by. Just say double burn. I want my heart to burn for you. If you are passionately in love with Jesus... The cares of this world will not attract you. They'll not be attractive. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, he wanted a triple. You can ask God. Let it be according to your faith. Burn with the word of God. Burn. Burn with the word. Burn with the word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Double, triple, quadruple. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, burn with the word. Burn. Your heart's going to burn. Now some of you, oh, sorry. Jesus, Jesus, burn with the word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If I didn't pray, well, I'm going to go the other side. But uh, if I missed you, it's not by accident. No, it was by accident. It was by accident. I didn't mean to. I'm going to pray for my children. And my wife gonna burn. Why would God do it for me and not do it for my wife and my daughter and my son? He was a great pitcher. He's gonna be now something great for Jesus, I'm telling you. God's got his hand on my son in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Burn with the word. Burn with the word. Burn. Burn your heart. Oh, can you imagine? They'll ask you at work, what's wrong with you? I don't know. My heart is on fire. My heart is on fire for God. I love Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. That's how the harvest is going to come. It's not going to come by playing church. Jesus. Jesus. Fire of God. Burn in your heart. Same thing that was on me in those days. I'm releasing it now by faith. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to have to pray for you guys. Don't leave. Burn for the word. I know you're Double, triple, quadruple. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Burn with the word. Burn. Hallelujah. Little guy. Healed. Burning. In Jesus' name. Jesus.
Jesus' name. Jesus. Oh, these are good guys right here. These are good guys. Burn in the name of you. Fresh burn. Fresh burning. In Jesus' name, young man. God bless you. God bless you guys. Burn with the word. Hallelujah. Some of you I couldn't get to. You have to come up. Don't miss it. Okay. Did I? Let me just go this way and around. Some of you got to go. Did you pray for you? In Jesus' burn right now. In Jesus' name. Burn with fire. Burning for the Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You got to remember. Hallelujah. Oh, wait. I do this. Burn. Jesus. 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 Burn. Oh, I got to touch your chest. It's important. You got it. Burn. Double burn, double burn. I already did. Will you get a triple burn in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. I'm gonna pray for this young man. This guy right here's got a call on his life. Now a bunch of people do in this room. This young man, he's got he's been walking a journey. He thought he was at alone at times. He's not alone. God is with you, young man. He's got a call on your life. He's gonna raise you up. He's gonna make the devil a spectacle by the testimony he does in you, okay? He already made him a spectacle, but he's really going to be a spectacle. Can I pray for you guys? Burn in the name of Jesus. I think I did. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Burn with the word. Anybody I didn't get to. Jesus. Jesus. More, more, more. More. Burn with the word. In the name of Jesus. Burn. Burn. Burning. Burning. Now some of you, you're going to be burning. What? Oh, she said, that's a good word. Let's speak to the web stream. Web streams. Let's go for the nations. All right? That's why we're here. This is not about a little thing. This is the earth. I believe. I mean, believe. So, Lord, we pray for those watching and those not watching. But, God, we ask, release a fresh burning of the word in the hearts of the people of God in Israel, in Egypt, in Sudan in Syria, in Brazil, in Cuba, in Canada, in an every nation, every nation, in the name of Jesus. Fire of God, fire of God, burning, fresh burning, fresh burning, already did, fresh burning, oh goodness gracious, fresh burning, fresh fire of God, fresh oh, in Jesus' name, Jesus, fire of the word, burning, in the name of Jesus. If I didn't pray for you, oh, go for it. Jesus, 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 and me too. Jesus, if I didn't pray, make sure I do. Did I pray for you? No, I didn't. No, no, behind you. In the children's church, right? Yes. Burn with the word. You'll have to listen to what it's about, but it's going to happen. Oh, worship team. Jesus, Jesus. Burn, fresh, burn, burn. Jesus, burn with the word in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, burn fire, burn fire of God, burn Jesus. Hallelujah! Jesus reigns, He rules, He is Lord. We bless you, God. Bless you, God. Bless you, Jesus. Glory to your name. God bless you guys. We have a, if you're new, we have a little fellowship meal real quick. Not a meal, just snacks. And, uh, but just to get to know people if you're new. Also, there's prophetic ministry over here. 
And uh, Thursday night at 7 is when that little conference kicks off. God bless you guys. Have a great day.